0: Welcome to the shit show of my twenties. My name's Sophia. I'm in my early twenties, and man, has it been full of shit shows. <laughs> it's been great. It's been career changes, industry changes, pivots, highs, lows, crying, happy, everything in between, and it's been great. And I just really wanted to create the show to hopefully share with you guys that we all go through the craziness of our twenties. We all go through these shit show moments. And we all grow through them. And I hope that you're able to see yourself in some of these stories. And if any of these episodes resonate with you, I would love for you to share it with a friend, as well as leave me a review on iTunes. It really helps. And if you want to connect with me, my Instagram is the shitshow in my 20s. And yeah, without further ado, let's get going. Today's guest is Valine. I love chatting with him. He has photographed, directed, and creative directed some of the world's biggest names like Madonna, J-Lo, Bernie Sanders, Kanye West, Usher, Maria Carey, nfl volkswagen vanity fair team vogue and more for the past six years he has used this experience to uplift the creative community and help them build a successful business he helps them with marketing pricing building a robust business and teaching them how to stand out from other artists and how to trust their instincts we go into so many great things in this interview from his shit show moment of crashing a hundred thousand dollar car so many other things happened it was so it was a good moment as well as how he got to photograph usher what inspired him to get into entertainment what it was like working for madonna and how to really trust your instincts and so much more so excited for you guys to hear this episode let's get started so thank you so much, Walid, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. So love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with. Let's yeah. start there.
1: Thank you, Sophia. First of all, but you want me to just go right into the 20s? Right into your 20s. Right sorry. in my 20s. <laughs> It was a shit show. So that's why I think the... I think that's why the title... Am I allowed to say? Yeah, if it's in the title, I can say that word. It was a total shit show. And it was... When I saw the title, I was like, huh, seems interesting. So I read the description and everything. And 20s was like... It was probably my most confused, like, batch of years, you know? Like, I had good metabolism, I'll give it that. You know, like, you eat whatever you want, everything was great. And there were some things that were just great, like, I still had friends, like, we had college and all these different things. So it was a lot of, like, you guys all want to hang out tonight, you guys all want to go to lunch. Like, that stuff doesn't happen as you get older as much. But Mm -hmm. I also went to college for seven years because I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I kept changing majors over and over and over because I kept buying me time that I was, like. Like, well, I can't graduate yet because I'm a business major now and I have to take all these prerequisite classes. Right. And then like when I would get into it, I was like, oh, I don't want this. So then I became a communication major. And then then I, I went to it. I was like, well, this sucks. And I would keep changing and keep changing. So that was my 20s. Like I had no idea, no direction. And I didn't know what instincts were like. That was like a big, big thing that saved my butt in my late 20s. Once I learned what it was. So yeah, it was like I had no direction, but I had good metabolism. And that's what I'm going that's what I'm going with.
0: No direction but good metabolism. That's That's hilarious. The first (laughs) time I've ever heard it that way, but it's true. It's true. (laughs) But but if you were I'm curious if you were to narrow it down to one shit show moment of your twenties, like shit show moment, I think of like a growth moment, something goes wrong, something you weren't expecting, something kind of totally like twists your world what do you feel like that one moment would be for you
1: let me think but did it end up good or bad
0: it could end up good in the long term but in the minute and when it happens it feels like pretty bad
1: (laughs) oh my god there well, there's so many i mean Okay, I was going to be I was at Cal State Fullerton, Southern California. And I was going to go and I went there because they had like one of the best teaching programs. So I was going to be a teacher like a history teacher, right? And then I applied for the program. And at the same time, I was valeting cars at this really high end Orange County hotel resort that just opened. And it was like, it's not really anything that I did, but it just what happened to me was the university lost my teaching credential application. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, which in hindsight, I pray for whoever like God bless them because I was not meant to be a teacher at that age at all. Right. But thank God. But at the time, I was like, you just stalled my whole life. But I was so upset that I had also gone to work and I was valeting cars and I crashed a one hundred thousand dollar car. And I didn't even know it was that expensive of a car until I saw it on Grand Theft Auto. And I was like, oh, geez, right? So that was like a really, really bad moment where everything just kind of stopped. I lost my job, clearly. School's like, well, you're done because like your application is lost. And I had to try to figure things out. And I think that there that, was like this weird needle on the record moment where it caused a massive gridlock in my whole life. And I was like, well... Since everything else is stopping, let me go ahead and stop. And I was coaching water polo too. I was like, let me just go ahead and quit that too. Like I just literally just stopped. But I think I needed that to happen because, wait, you just wanted just the bad part or it could turn into the good. No, the you, good
0: part too. Yeah. The good part too. Okay.
1: <laughs> I had at the time, I had also gotten in, a, I lived with my parents at the time and I was getting in a fight and, and they do the whole thing. Like, I don't know if it's other cultures, but I can tell you Middle Eastern people across the board tell their children, so-and-so's kid is going to be a doctor so-and-so's kid is already a lawyer and our kid sucks because whatever so i was getting that whole thing back to back to back my mom my dad my mom my dad right and and i had like this dramatic 20s moment where i like left the house slammed the door and i was like i'm just gonna go for a long drive i went for a long drive like literally used up a full tank of gas came back and i was like okay that's enough. And I and I just I started searching online. I was like, what do I really want to do with my life? Because I was going to be a history teacher. And it's like, I think I want to work in entertainment. So I started looking on websites. Like I was like, and literally the searches, Sophia, were like this: how to work in Hollywood. Like it was the most like top-level searches ever. And I found a website which took me to another website, to another website. It was called entertainmentcareers.net. They couldn't even get the dot com, right? It was that janky of a website, but It was a broken website, but thank God somebody on the other end found that too. So there was a posting for an intern for Madonna's film company. And they tell you this whole thing of like, you know, in a cover letter, what did they say in a cover letter? Like What's the limit? A paragraph two?
0: I don't know. Usually it's like two or three or...
1: That's about it, right? And three, you're like asking for a lot. But yeah, I wrote over three pages. (laughs) You know, that, you know that Kermit the Frog meme where it's like typing like crazy on the keyboard? I was like that. I was already like bent out of shape. Like my parents were like, you're a loser. I crashed a $100,000 car. <laughs> they, they, which was the owner of a surf brand. I don't know how you pronounce this, Katin or Katine? K-A-T-I-N. It was his car. And I found that after the fact. It was very upset at me. But, and then also like schools, like you're out because you never filed your application. I guess like, I did. So everything was just kind of going to hell. But um, so I wrote like this, like for th- three pages, like typing like crazy. And the lady calls me in and says, I needed to know who wrote such a thing. Right. And I was like, if you just give me a chance. And, and there was this whole poor me thing. So I started interning there at Madonna's film company. Now, she has the most incredible people have opinions about her, but she has the most incredible music career, but her film career, it's not good. So I went there. And then that pretty much started my relationship. And that's how she hired me directly. So it kind of started that way. But it's all because somebody at Cal State Fullerton lost my application. And that's why I'm like, God bless this person, because I swear I would probably be an abused teacher somewhere in a classroom right now.
0: Wow. That's incredible. And it's like so interesting how the universe does that to us, right? Like yeah. it goes and it does something like, wait, no, like I wanted that. I wanted that application, right? We think. And then it goes and totally reroutes us to somewhere better.
1: And that's- But it didn't have to make it that treacherous, but it was. I was like, <laughs> all right, I guess we're taking the scenic route, you know, but here we go.
0: Yeah. Well, And why entertainment?
1: Why entertainment? Yeah. I always wanted to do that, but I was chicken about it. And... I was just chicken about it. So I knew everything about entertainment. I knew all the things that you don't like. It's so useless. But you know, like if you go on TikTok and people just spew out facts about Drake's number one album was written by, and you're like, why do you know that? That was me, right? And so I was just so in love with it, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So then I couldn't have been matched with a better person because Madonna has done so much that I got to just, you know, stand back and watch her go, Oh, you're writing children's books now? Oh, you're gonna be on TV now? Oh, you're gonna do a world tour now? Oh, you're gonna do an album now? And so I got to see everything. I've always wanted to do it. I just didn't have the courage to do it because I was always told it's for people that are super connected, people that are generally Anglo, people that are well to do people. And so I'm a refugee from Afghanistan, right? So they're like, Just get a safe job. Anyways, that's why entertainment. Wow. I've always wanted mm. to do it
0: yeah and what do you think gave you the courage because you wanted to do it before then but what what about like i'm already at this low place like what can happen or like what kind of courage kind of like came in that moment
1: my 20s shit show life is what (sighs) came in that moment that's what because you're like okay school thinks i'm a loser and they think i lied about wanting to get in the teaching credential program which i didn't i worked so hard on that damn application and you know when you give something you're like this that's not gonna make it. Like, I just, I remember giving the application and, and like, the, like, there, was, there was a guy and he was a student, you know, cause a student aid and he goes like this, he's like, thank you. And I was like, that's just not gonna make it. And I had a gut feeling and it didn't. So, school was out. Um, I crashed a very expensive car. I was like, uh, um, everything's already going down the drain. Let me just go ahead and quit water polo too, like coaching. I was like, let me just kill everything. Right. So, I was like, I had nothing to lose. Yeah. And then I had the drama of being in your 20s where you think like life is the worst. So I was like, I have nothing to lose. F what anyone says. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to have things hit bottom.
0: Yeah. Because where else can you go from there? You're already at the bottom. Nothing could get yeah. worse. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's that or overdose. And it's like, I went up. Thank God. I didn't. That's I good. don't use drugs. I just want to say after that overdose comment, but go ahead. <laughs> okay.
0: And I'm wondering, like, what's the biggest lesson you think you learned from Madonna?
1: Oh, good question. So many, so many. Well, number one, she doesn't get a fair shake. I think that we will really value that woman, unfortunately, when she's no longer with us. And then people will all say, oh, she was incredible. She was amazing, right? But I see all these people on social media making fun of her and with the ageism and everything. But one thing I learned about her is that If you're doing something that impresses the whole crowd, then you're not really doing anything at all. It's like a low hanging fruit. And she's like, if you're not splitting the room in half, if you're not getting half the people to say you're the worst thing ever, then you're not doing anything that really is relevant. Mm. And that was an important lesson. So um, now she did not say this. She did not say this. I'm just using this as an example. But if you look at somebody like that, everyone just loves like Kelly Clarkson, incredible voice, super what impact? You know what I mean? Like when you look, what impact? Like, and so when you look at somebody like her or like Rihanna, or you look at somebody like, uh, I don't know, whomever, like they're at least pushing buttons and they're leaving an impact. So that thing, that's what it was. Stop playing it safe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. keep on feeling that theme of courage and stop playing it safe. Like it keeps on showing up. in your life. Yeah. No, just like in your answers and like just in my life too, it just keeps showing up of like being willing to do that. Like being willing to be okay with like, if people don't like it, that's fine. And being able to- Yeah, and it
1: sucks at the moment, but you're like, it's fine.
0: Yeah. And I'm wondering going back to like your parents about like everyone else, kids doing this and like, you're not successful. Like, I wonder like in that moment, how were you able to separate yourself or did you take it personally? Or were you able to like separate?
1: Like crazy personally. You take it so personal because it's something that like we laugh at all well, my cousins and stuff. When we think, so my mom just called me a loser because I'm not married yet. You know, like they'll say things to you that's so harsh. You're like, don't say that. But culturally, we're just very straightforward to the point. I, I took it personal. Like we're not a very passive culture, right? So you're just like, you're you're a loser right now because you have nothing going on, and you're like oh, it's just the straightest path to the answer. And so I took it way personal. But and even when I started, nobody, I had certain goals in my mind that I was going to do. I there was a lot of I told you so's, which sucks to do. But there was a lot of I told you I would make something out of my life. I told you it would work out so that all of that, the way I was raised was a beautiful way. But also it created a moment of like, oh, this is my fuel, right? So this is what I'm running off of. Mm, I don't yeah. know is that common or is that just yeah I seem like an angry soul now
0: <laughs> no I feel like so many of us we had that moment where we're like hey I told you so I told you I was gonna do this
1: see yeah. look
0: at this see yeah. see you said this could happen it's right exactly here. Like, like,
1: yeah, and you got it like filed in the back of your head you're <laughs> like you told me in 2016 at 10 43 a.m that and they're like what and like yeah but it teaches you like be careful what you say to people because it leaves a mark on them. Yeah. It's huge.
0: And I'm wondering, because like, I I have a lot of that, too, to be honest, that in my head, but I'm wondering for you, like, do you think you would be as driven and go after the same opportunities and do the same things if you didn't have that, that you had like that fuel from that?
1: Not at all. That's why I'm thankful for it. And also I'm a refugee from Afghanistan. So I know what the, literally the other side of the world, but the other side of life has. And I've seen people, I've seen like homes destroyed and lives destroyed. So to me, I'm thinking, wait a minute, these two people along with their three kids separated in two, trekked around the world, did all these refugee things to get here. So I'm just gonna play it mediocre. So that's what kind of goes through my head all the time. And it's like, and I realize that we don't struggle much in this country. Like during COVID, it sucked. I mean, still it's COVID, but during COVID, like when we couldn't, you know, that one chapter where we all thought we're going to die and couldn't go outside, like people were losing their minds because they couldn't have their spinach dip from Applebee's, you know, and literally we're losing their minds. I'm like, do you guys not know what it's like to have electricity for four hours a day? Do you not know what it's like, you know, to stand in long lines? They don't. So like they, couldn't get their spinach at applebee uh, the spinach <laughs> dip and they literally literally lost their minds
0: yeah it's sad
1: god bless this country <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny
0: it's so true but yeah yeah it drove us all crazy and like when you were working with madonna is that when you started getting into photography or like when did that start for you
1: the reason why I kind of give that eye, like not an eye roll, but it's because it's like a, I'm, I'm trying to think of how I can abbreviate the story for you. No, when I worked with Madonna, it was about two years, and I got to do everything from get her coffee soy latte with two shots, just so you guys know, okay, <laughs> and plan help plan her world tour to go buy her clothes and nobody knows stress until you have to go shopping for Madonna. Like you don't know stress. So what I would do is I was like, first of all, the woman has all the money in the world. So yes, I will buy the whole rack. And then like I would set it up at the house and I'm like, here's your size zero white pants. Like which one do you want? I'll bring Fred Siegel to you, you know, and then I'll take the rest back and stuff because it would say like, oh, just something really cute. I'm like, I don't know what that is. (laughs) But if I fail, you'll get made fun of in a blog. So let let me bring the whole rack to you. I did all that. No, but I got to see things and I got to see the access that I had. So I noticed how people treated me outside of her, like the physical circle. Like in LA, they treat you like garbage. Especially if you have a certain tone of skin color, you get treated way less or you get the assumption that you're sneaking in. You're the assumption that this is your big break. You know what I mean? It's always like, oh, you poor child. Like, are you happy to be here? You know, it was that kind of attitude throughout. But then I noticed how people treated me when she was within eyesight. Oh my God! It was not even a little. It was like day and night. So I, I started noticing how people would like literally treat you like garbage, and then like you're the. They say things. They use top shelf words with you. Like like Sophia, I could say your your black shirt. It's brilliant. Like they use like like oh my God that the way the door is on the left. It's genius. And I'm like, it's not genius. You know, like it's such fraudulent stuff, right? But I noticed that when she was nearby, people would treat me like, I was brilliant. I was genius, right? And so then I was like, wait a minute. So she's getting the best photographers in the world. She's getting the best stylist, the best of everybody. I would start asking a million questions. And you know what? They had to answer it. Because within eyesight is the world's most famous woman, right? And they're like, well, this. And I would ask all, like the most crazy. I'm like, why did you buy that camera? What does 24p mean? Oh, why did you buy that light? And they, I could tell like it was annoying, but they couldn't say anything. So that's basically how I learned a lot. But I didn't know what I wanted to do was photography. I made friends with um her creative director, Jamie King, who does the, the world tours, Madonna, and Rihanna, and Michael Jackson, Cirque, and Celine, and all these different people. And Jamie's like, you're different from the other assistants. And you're actually, I see the way you are here. Like, you're actually optimizing every single minute, right? Where some of the other people, like their dad was a surgeon at Cedar sinai Hospital. And they were just there because it was cool. It wasn't like, oh, my God, this is... A huge person, right? And so I had quit the job. I had quit the Madonna job because I was like, "Wait a minute! I don't want to go into management. I think I want to go towards production." But I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And okay, let me just do this real fast and abbreviate for you as much as I can. So Jamie took me out to dinner one night. He's like, "Hey, let's go out to dinner." But I was so dead broke. I was so dead broke, right? That I I was even afraid that I wasn't going to have enough money if we split things. You know, sometimes when you go out to dinner with friends, and then somebody always says, "Let's split. Let's split it evenly." right? Yeah. I was afraid of that because their even is not my even. So I was like, I'll just get like a, something really small and maybe I'll have like water, right? That's all I had the money for. And they're like, oh, we'll just take two bottles and we'll do this and let's get around the of appetizers, which is great. But I, it wasn't in my league. And so I was nervous. I'm like, eh, I'm just going to go for this, you know, and just hope for the best. And of course, Jamie picked up the bill, but he... Asked me out to dinner with another friend, Dago, who's a brilliant director, too. Oh, my God. I just did the Hollywood thing. Brilliant. They they broke me down that night. Like, literally tore me apart. And it was like a planned intervention. And they said, you know, we see you so talented, but you care so much what people think. I'm like, no, I don't. And I was like, no, I don't. And total denial knowing that they were true. What they were saying was true. And they broke me down. Down, like to the point that I was like, I think I'm about to burst into tears type of breakdown. Right. And they're like, you're so afraid you're never going to go anywhere. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting here listening to this, staring at food I can't afford. Right. And I'm like, how do I just get myself out of this hole? And then they built me back up that same at the end of that conversation. And they said, let me tell you something like the the thing you need to develop more than anything else is your instincts. And without your instincts, you are nothing. And so they give me this whole talk on instincts and I realized how much of my instincts I've been using my whole life but I wasn't paying attention to that as being my intuition right and so they were like the closest you'll ever be to God Allah Buddha energy mother nature whatever you believe in is when you listen to your instincts and they say if you want to do something if that gut feeling is there and it persists for like a week because you're not sure in the beginning if that's just like a want or like your instincts if it persists, listen to it. The universe has your back and it's a direct phone call from whatever higher source you believe in to to do something or to not do something. And then they started talking about like, they're like, you know, for example, like instincts is like when you, and keep in mind, I've lost my appetite at this time. and I'm not even eating, but all this delicious food in front of me. And they're like, When a mother is at work and she's like, something's wrong with my child. And she's like, I got to call. I got to call the babysitter. Right. And then she was right. The baby maybe accidentally burnt their hand. And she's like, that's her instincts talking to her. Or someone tells you uh, or you say, I don't want to go down. I don't want to get in this Uber right now. Something's weird. And then something happens or you don't want to get down that road and you find out there's like a massive car wreck or something. That was something bigger than you saying this is not the thing for you. And your instincts are like when you're thinking about a friend and you're in a zone, you're thinking about them and then your phone rings or you get a text and it's them. That's a connection. That's not coincidence. So they kind of taught me all of that over this dinner. And which I knew, but I didn't know I knew. And they said, whatever your instincts tell you, you have to do. And uh, no matter what part of the world you're from, no matter how rich or how poor you are, what religious background, what skin color, the first one or two words every human being learns, especially girls, is No, no, don't do that. No, don't cry too loud. Shh, be a good little girl. Boys don't cry, right? Don't do that. Don't be, don't scream. Don't be like the boys. Be a good girl. Be a good boy and do this and fit into your norms and your boxes and everything, right? And so that teaches us right off the bat If one of the first two words, every human being, no matter what language you speak, is their form of no, then that just means you're constantly shut down. That we do things as children that's instinctual and we're taught to shut it down, shut it down. So you kind of get this atrophy with that skill. And so uh, what happened is that we learn to, we lose it and we have to learn to regain it. And so they kind of give me that thing coincidentally, I actually didn't... Oh, I already told you I didn't have money. But I had a roommate, April. It was an amazing roommate. And I had money for one more month and then no more money for groceries or anything. And times were really rough. And so I had this weird instinct, like three, four days after I came home from that dinner, that I should buy a camera. But here's the thing. I didn't even know that... So this is... Like, when I tell you I was dumb, I was dumb. I'm looking for a camera anywhere here, but it's not nearby. I... Didn't even know that on a camera, the lens came off. Like, that's how dumb I was about cameras, right? I did not know Photoshop existed. Like, I didn't even know Photoshop was a thing. I didn't know how to turn it on. I've never taken a photo class in my life. And this instinct was like, buy a camera. And I was like, I have no money in the bank. And I have one credit card left. And I went after like a week of this persisting. And the only reason why I didn't buy it that full week is because it kept raining all week. And I was like, I'm just not. Gonna get wet and go outside, right? And I went and I bought a camera and I went to this store, this little mom pop store, and like total dummy. Tell me how this was. I was like, I was naive in a lot of ways, okay. I went to the counter and I said, Hi, I have two thousand dollars and I gonna- wanna be a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> how much do you think they made me spend? Like two thousand dollars I- <laughs> for sure. <laughs> pretty much had like a fifty left. And there was nothing in the store for that price. They're like, and you need this. And do you have a pen? You need a pen. And it was such a mess. But I bought everything and I got in the car. I'm like, you idiot, you ruined your life. And I just keep backtracking my head like two years ago. You lost your application to college. You crashed a car. This is really bad. Like you know when you say you hit bottom. Like earlier you said once you hit bottom, there's only way to go up. I'm like, oh no. Then you can start excavating and start digging even deeper, right? I was digging and I went home and I'm like, I have no money. But I listened to the universe and I had my back. And about four days after, I came home going trying to read instruction manuals on this damn camera, right? Because who reads an instruction manual? I was like, how? Anyways, I got a call from a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend saying, hey, Waleed, someone said that you like to do behind-the-scenes video. Do you have a video camera? And I did. And this is when... The recession had pretty much started the 08, 09 era. And um, and I was like, yeah. And I was so excited because I can get paid for like groceries for that month. Like, let's just take it one day at a time here. And I was like so excited. And they said the artist, I'll tell you the artist in a second. The artist just fired their person and they need somebody emergency now at the Kodak Theater. And I was like, oh, my God. So I pack my video camera because all you got to do on video is just put on put that damn thing on auto hit the record and you're good to go for the most part okay just don't shake the camera too much and as i'm about to close that door i heard like a weird i didn't hear a voice but like i felt that voice saying oh by the way it was usher and so (laughs) usher and i was like usher has no idea what you were hired for, like literally the voice in my head, that instincts is talking to me. And it's like, I'm about to wrap this up. It was like, I told you, it was like a l- long question or answer, but I was like, oh, she has no idea. So I grabbed my still camera. I put the video camera. I got to the Kodak theater on my little BlackBerry. Have you ever seen those like with the ball? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And if you eat greasy food, the ball gets stuck and you can't get to your emails and you're like rubbing against your shirt, trying to dry it up or something. So it was that. And I wrote, F-stop means this. The thing on the bottom of the lens is uh, AF, that means automatic focus. Like, literally, I wrote myself notes. And... I went there and I was like, okay, that's how you turn the camera on, whatever. I put my video camera on a tripod in the corner of the room and I hit record. It looks like security camera footage, okay? And in the room is Will. I am, it's Usher, people coming in saying hi, like, and each one I'm like, thank God I had worked with Madonna before. So, like, I had, I could, I was used to celebrity, but then not in that capacity of me with the camera. And I started taking pictures like crazy. And I had no idea the settings on the camera. I was shooting everything on JPEG small, so you couldn't even print that sucker at all. It was like big enough for like the little window on your screen right now. Right. And I was shooting all different colors and everything. And um, when I say all different colors, I mean like light temperatures. And I had no idea what I was doing. I basically went home and I was like, well, I thought I hit bottom, but no, there's more bottom. Like I can keep digging. And Benny Medina's office, his manager calls me uh, like two days, one, two or three days after. Okay. And it's like, Walid, where are these photos that we hired you for? So I probably shot about 900 of them. I want to say about 15 to 20, maybe 25. If I'm pushing it, you recognize that it's usher. Everything else was just so bad. Blurry. I was trying to lighten the camera up. So I kept bringing the exposure down. So it was like these ghost trails, everything. For any of your listeners that know photography. And he called me. Remember, I didn't know Photoshop existed. And I edited it on my Mac on the preview thing, like the same thing that you do when you open a PDF you don't need double click on a yeah. file if you're on a Mac. And I, when you can desaturate, saturate, sharpen, contrast, exposure, I edit every photo in that one at a time. And I'm like, okay. And it still looks so bad that my gut instinct, trust me. And I went like, there's a difference between Like this is a smart thing to do to like, no, I'm on autopilot and something is pushing me. And this is the final lap of the story is I was like, no, I'm just going to desaturate all of them. And they were grainy. They were super contrasty. They were blurry. They were out of focus. Like he was out of focus. The background's in focus. It was all kinds of messiness it was a shit show. Okay. And trying to tie it into the title of your podcast. And I sent about 15, 12 to 15, 30 minutes later, I get a phone call and it's the manager and Benny Medina is notorious. He's the guy that helped Will Smith start with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He, he's JLo's manager now. Like he's like a prominent guy and he's notorious for being very a certain way. So you're very afraid of him on the phone. And I was like, hello, Benny. <laughs> and he's like, Walid I don't know what you did. And I'm like, my heart is like to the floor. He's like, I don't know what you did. But Usher's whole new look is old Hollywood and he hasn't told anyone. And you're black and white photos that are grainy and out of focus and contrasty and blurry is exactly what he wanted. And he's like, we just sent it to him. And Usher wants to know if you would be okay with being his personal photographer and going on tour with him. That's how photography started. (laughs) Long story, but I felt like I wanted to tell the instincts story. That's it. Wow. That's crazy.
0: And like the chances that he loves it, like that you, (laughs) (laughs) this is your first time with a camera. Like it's, it's insane.
1: Yeah. So then I would just go in my hotel room every single night, every single night I would stay on YouTube and literally the searches were like how to change the contrast on your camera or what is contrast first. And then, and every single night I learned one thing every single night and I would fall asleep sitting up watching YouTube on my laptop and then I would go okay and then whatever I learned that day or that night I would practice it on Usher the next day so he'd be like hey let's shoot over here I'm like no no because I would just learn window lighting I'm like let's shoot over here and I would just do that and that's literally is my instincts that propelled me through that hole for two and a half years I was his personal photographer oh. He unless he ever hears a podcast with me on it he doesn't know the story so that's that oh, wow I don't know how that relates to your 20s shit show, but I, I would say you guys without your instincts, you're nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's huge. what else what else do you? Did rely you on do? It? What on oh, my to instinct? instincts a lot or no yeah or
1: you do. I do. Yeah,
0: yeah but I'm curious like what you do during that time to really heighten them? Because they're always um, there, but I feel like sometimes they're not as heightened.
1: How do you heighten it? I think a uh, great question by kicking yourself in the butt and going, damn it. Like, I knew I shouldn't have done that. And then you're like, wait, what did that feel like? Oh, that was like a weird feeling in the pit of my stomach, right? So then I would go, okay, so if that thing keeps happening and I keep ignoring it and I keep falling flat on my face, then that means it's not good for me. If I feel like a, like a, it's a tightness on my chest for me. It's like this weird little butterfly feeling in my stomach is when I know that when I know that it's a good thing so I'll tell you I'll I'll even walk away from people if I get that feeling blood no blood nothing like nobody is immune to it so I've walked away from jobs that pay a, a shit ton of money but something in my body says don't do it take the one with less money and then that one with I mean I guess I'll never know how the other one would have gone but the one with less money I'm like they work with them and so I've done that and it's led me down to great paths. Yeah. Like great paths.
0: And I'm wondering in like the beginning when you first start to work with celebrities. Yeah. How do you realize that they are people too? Like how do you not like kind of feel like an imposter being there or feel like, ooh, who am I to be in this room? Like I'm kind of curious how that kind of all unraveled for you.
1: Well, the whole thing is weird. The whole thing is absolutely weird, right? Because you're like, this is me. Okay, this is me, right? And I go like this. And there's some people that I couldn't, like when I tell you I lost my shit, I lost, I like, I lost my mind. And I'm like, okay, so I've done a very good job for the most part. For the most part, I've done a great job. I don't kiss up. I don't overhype the compliments. I rarely give a compliment. So like when you get a compliment from me, you know that it's the real deal. Okay, but on top of that, you do a lot of like. There's a lot of internal dialogue that you have, and you're like this. And I keep like like when Madonna would come in the office, I would go like this on my desktop. I pull one of her pictures up, like like whatever's on the internet, and I'm like, and I'm like, that's so weird. It's so weird that I'm like, there's like seven, eight billion people in this world, and you're pro. She would probably is one of the most known, and and I'm like, you're right here. It's it's always like this. How did I get here? Thing, but one of the things that she, how do I wait, how do I control myself or how do I put things in perspective? What was the exact question?
0: So it's like, how do you not feel like you're not supposed to be in the room or did imposter oh, syndrome? They be or... in the room
1: either. Literally, they don't think they should be in the room either. So I've learned, I didn't know then... That the people who have imposter syndrome are the ones that are naturally good at it. So then they're unusually good at it. So then they feel like, oh my God, everyone else went to school for this and I just am good at it. They're going to find out that I suck, right? And the people that truly are imposters, the people people that are faking it, they don't feel it because their moral compass is broken. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like when you look at people that are like, I don't want to offend your audience. I was about to say something and caught myself. No, fuck it. So like... Here we go. Like a Donald Trump mm-hmm. faked it through the whole thing. No political experience. But because he's kind of fraudulent in some ways, I think he is not exactly a fan of the current one either. <laughs> but like he's I'm just tired of both sides at the moment. But like he just went through the whole thing He's like, yeah, I'm going to run for president. Yeah. And it's like they But the people that have put in, I don't explain it. I think I'm explaining it really badly. I if you're down to scam people, you don't feel imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome is really felt by the best people that they 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 worry what other people think. They don't want to dupe anybody. They don't want to scam anybody. They want to put their best foot forward. They want to give the best information to people. They want to help people the most. And they're like, why me? Am I qualified to be in this position? So generally, people that have imposter syndrome are, I think, the best kind of people. And they have to get over it. But I no, there were a lot of moments, but I kept telling myself, you're in a unique position. You're a refugee of Afghanistan. Soak it in, learn as much as possible and figure it out. So I don't know. But at certain people, I lost my mind. Bernie Sanders couldn't stop sweating. I was so nervous, so nervous around him. So like, it's weird, like some people. Oh, one of the ladies from the Golden Girls, because we used to watch that growing up. I was like shaking. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) like whatever. It's so dumb. But then other people completely cool about it. So I don't know how it is.
0: And I'm wondering... With all the photos that you've taken, like do you ever you probably have had this at least once where they don't like the photo. They're not a fan of what you did. Yeah. How do you like not take it personally or think that your photos aren't good enough or like what do you do whenever that happens?
1: So I do. Okay, I'm actually really glad that you asked that question because I do have a bit of advice. I was like I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about exactly today, so I had like a small list of things that I do or like that I wish I knew in my 20s, but um this would be one of them and I know it sounds so dorky, but I write myself notes or letters and I email to myself. And here's what I do, okay? So right now, last night, I turned in a music video. I'm like, oh, God, I hope they like it. So I'm kind of nervous, and it's sitting with the managers and the artists, and we'll see what they say about it. So, But I wrote myself an email, and I'm like, you took this job because the budget was only this much. Here is every single obstacle that came in your way. Here is what happened. Here is... So and so was late two and a half hours like I think about every I write everything of what I knew in that situation, right? And then I'll email it to myself. So when I feel like shit about it, I'll go back because inevitably later, you're gonna know way more things. So I'm like, wait, but I didn't, what I know now, I didn't know back then. So I take it easier on myself. I'm like, all I knew was this, 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 and this. And I made the best decision. So I write myself these little emails and it's not like, dear Waleed, it's literally <laughs> just like, it's like, just in case anyone's like, oh my God, no. I, I literally just, if it's bullet point paragraphs, and that's what it is. So anything that's a big decision, I will say, this is what I knew. This is, it was in front of me. This is why I made the decision. This is why I did it. So like this video right now is taxing me. And I'm like, but I made the decision because of this. And as long as you get that, you're good. So write, I would highly suggest you write yourself letters of where yeah. you were. And
0: how often do you write yourself emails?
1: Daily. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, um... <laughs> Whenever there's a big decision, maybe like once every four to six weeks, just like the big stuff, not like, why did I go to this birthday party? It's not that, you know, and it was a dud. It was, it's not that. It's more of like, I bought this house because I opened this business because, you know, it's, it's that, it's the big stuff. Or I took this job knowing it was going to be hell because. So I'm like, mm. wait, but I took it for the money. So stop complaining if they don't like it. You got the check, you know, like, or like I took it because it opened me up more to music videos. So this is why you took it. Just battle through it, you know, different things.
0: It's so good. I've never thought about writing myself emails like that. That's such a great. How many years back? When did you start doing
1: this? Do you have like this whole like years and years, years of emails? <laughs> like eight years. Yeah. Eight years. Yeah. Wow. Seriously, because it's the only way to save your sanity, but if you're if you're a creative person, you don't have to be a photographer or a painter. I think you're an art if you're an artist, you're an artist. You could be a cook. You could be what are those things you put in an album and you buy stickers? Whatever. Crafting or something like that. Like whatever you're doing that's creative, mm-hmm. you could be an artist, but if people don't like it, it comes out as like, oh, they don't like me. Cause it's a part of you. And that's what sucks. So you have to write yourself letters. And I will like literally with these letters, I will write everything. It's the most I'm like. She was such a blah, 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 blah. But I will write everything. But I still said yes, because. And make sure you keep that password safe because if someone else finds <laughs> it, it's like, it's a bad transcript.
0: And I'm wondering specifically, is there anything that you do to separate yourself from your art? From separating, that's me. If I any suck
1: at that. It's one of my biggest failures. I suck at that. I, I don't know if, like, somebody wants to, if they listen to us and they want to DM me and what they've learned. But I don't know what to do. Literally, it's a part of me. And it's every time I'm like, don't take it personal. But I say all the catchphrases, but that I don't even mean, right? And I'm like, well, it's their loss. And I'm like, no, I fucking hate that I didn't get picked or whatever, or they hated my pictures or something. I don't know how to, I don't know how to manage that. Yeah. I take it Mm -hmm. super personal, but it's, but I also give super personal work too. So it's not like, I, I know there's so many photographers now and they add a preset to it. That's not photography. Like I truly help. I look at somebody, like if you were to release an album, I'm like, okay, she wrote about this. She sang about it. She journaled about it. She paid all this money. So how do I not give her the best thing for her? So I customize every single thing for them. Hmm. write now, letters y'all yeah listen to uh, your instincts those are like <laughs> two big things if i could say
0: yeah those are so good and i'm wondering it could be anything in your life but what's something you're excited about right now it could be absolutely anything
1: the upcoming recession so i can buy a house <laughs> <laughs> i'd be lying if i said i'm joking But it's like You're looking in California, aren't you? uh It is like when I tell you, seven hundred thousand right now gets you a two bedroom that you have to spend about fifty thousand in just to make it inhabitable. I'm telling you it is so bad. Or if you don't want bars on your windows and you want to be able to like leave the house without getting robbed, you have to spend at least seven hundred thousand and so i am just look i'm looking forward to that i know you probably didn't expect that but seriously i know people are gonna lose their jobs and stuff but i'm hoping for like a dip short enough that i can buy the house and then it picks back up but it doesn't work that way what am i excited about honestly i'm actually excited about gen z no joke i think millennials we kind of effed it up we did we're like no 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 there's you know how they say like on tiktok there's elder millennials and then there's different Shades of millennials, mm-hmm. no, no, we pretty much as as a whole effed it up, and so I know it was given to us by X, and that was messed up too. But I'm watching like literally when I see things on TikTok, I'm like, yo, I didn't do that when I was that age. Like, people are smart, people are activists, people are moving towards things that social consciousness, like, I think it might be a little too little too late. But I think if anyone can do it, it's this generation, like these, like 20, 21, 22 year olds that they're like, they're fighting for things. And they're, does that make sense? So like, that actually excites me that I'm like, they might be able to turn this around. Yeah, because they have no choice, literally, like, they're not like, we can't get married, we can't have kids, we don't get healthcare, y'all should have voted for Bernie all these different things. I'm like, it's, but literally it's the youth that's like bringing all this change. So mm. I'm excited about that. And mm. a recession.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting both of those answers. It was good. Why not both?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what, what do people say? If you ask that question, have you asked that of others? Yeah.
0: When I ask, yeah, I always ask that question. Sometimes it's like something they're launching. Sometimes they just had a baby. Sometimes it just had a dog, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I said a recession. Yeah. I mean, <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I have a final question sure. for you. So if you're a good go back in time to your 20 year old self, what do you want to tell them? It's up to you if you want to tell them anything, anything you want to do in that moment.
1: Stop being so mean to yourself. Stop looking at pictures and going, "Ugh, I'm so blank. Everyone does that. And it's like I on TikTok, I watch the younger people. I'm like... You're too young to apply that damn filter. And if you think you need a filter now, man, I feel sorry for you guys when you're 30, 40, 50, 60. Like, like that's enough to bring massive depression. Stop being so mean to yourself. You don't look as bad as you think you do. You actually look probably much better than you think you do. You're not as blank, you know, thin, heavy, whatever it might be. You're none of that. And so I think if you're so mean to yourself, and this is me talking to 20-something-year-old Walid. How did I expect the world to be nice to me when I was so shitty to myself? Mm-hmm. And that right there is, can I give a sec- a two-parter? Mm-hmm. This is that one. And hang out more with older people in my 20s. Yeah. And I think that, I'm bringing TikTok in a lot, but like, I'm watching the amount of ageism. And it's that one of our f- last widely accepted things, uh, forms of prejudice that we do. And I see people making fun of, especially women making fun of women. And I'll go back to my boss, my old boss, Madonna, the amount of people that ridicule her and tell her, go home, grandma, you're, ha- you're a husband. And I'm like, yo, number one, she doesn't care about somebody sitting on their ripped Ikea couch. First of all, her whole brand, she stood up to the Pope. She stood up for gay rights when you could lose your career. Like, you know, but I see the amount of ageism. And it's like, I wish that people knew. I wish that I knew when I was younger that if I talked and befriended and asked questions of older people, that my path would have been so much smoother. And instead of me being a I'm not saying this about your audience, just me, instead of me being a shitty 20 something year old that was ageist, that was like, I know it all. And uh, oh, you're old and has been. I actually could have gotten to where I did twice as fast, made twice as much money, been twice as more enlightened. So I think that too is, I wish I wasn't as ageist. I wish I, now I have friends that are much older than me, like in their fifties and sixties. And I have friends that are in their twenties because you can also learn from super young also. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I have someone that edits my YouTube videos and I'm always like, Gergo, why do you like this? Why is that? Because I'm not in my twenties anymore, you know, so I can learn from them. So stop the ageism and stop being so crappy to yourself mm, those are both so good and a recession mm-hmm. soon <laughs> please <laughs> Entire I, love- renting. <laughs> I love talking with you today this is amazing thank you so much
0: thank you and where can we find you where can we stock you
1: my do you do you link or you don't are yeah we- i do link okay so I guess, the link. If you're a photographer you need help, it's photographybusinesscourse.com. My website is waleedazami.com. You can see my work. And then on Instagram, I help photographers. So it's at waleedazami. And I help photographers for free tips all day, every day to make sure that you guys make money. And I'm especially, especially, especially sensitive to artists that are marginalized people. Everybody is helped, but I hold the door open a little bit longer for like... Female photographers, one third of us. Two thirds are men consistently. So you guys like I'm a big advocate of helping more women hold the camera because um, because two thirds of history is going to be told by my my gender's perspective. So that's why. Mm. But anyways, Instagram, those couple websites, I'm on YouTube, TikTok, and hopefully at an open house for a house soon. (laughs) You will be. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Sophia.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.